Welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host, Chris Desmond. This is the show where we try and figure out how to get better at doing the hard stuff that makes life exciting, including recording a podcast intro because this is like my 15th attempt. Today, I'm joined by Christine Westbury, who is the founder of Clean Mixes. Today's show goes from exploring the seed of an idea to getting curious about it to turning it into a business to all the challenges that come along with that part of the process and then eventually getting to to selling the business which there's a lot of discomfort wrapped up when you have to let something like that go as well. So this conversation crosses a lot of topics. Talk about mindset, we talk about health, we talk about parenting, talk around the concept of, of balance and how do we balance things in our lives as well. It's really, really fascinating. I want to thank you guys so much for getting uncomfortable with Christine and I today. Christine, welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you. I usually like to kick things off with a little bit of background about you. So where were you born? Where did you grow up? Okay, so I was born in Lower Hutt, Wellington, and that is where I grew up. And while I've done a little bit of travel, I really haven't left. So that's me. Nice. Yeah. 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 Raising a family. So. Very cool. Very cool. So what do you remember from the, your childhood that's kind of pointed you in the direction that you're that you're working on at the moment I remember as a kid that I always wanted to run my own business and I always wanted to sell like sell a business build and sell a business and that I guess was probably influenced by my dad because my dad was a business person who's an entrepreneur and that was a really interesting part of my childhood and I actually ended up working for him for about seven years as well later on after university and stuff Cool. When you were a kid, did you kind of have a bit of a, as Gary Vee would put it, sort of a, have a hustle as a kid? Like, were you buying and selling stuff when you were when you were little, or it was just a, hey, I want to get into this eventually? Actually, we did didn't really have like a hustle, but. Dad used to make us work or give us the opportunity to help out in the business and we would be, because he worked in the home improvement industry, we would be putting together architectural manuals, so putting, you know, 50 brochures into a ring binder and so that was how we would make money, but no hustle as such, probably a little bit later on in life I delved with a few other things, kind of around the university age, Mm, not childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if we jump forward to to uni, where did you go to study? What did you study? Yeah, so I went to Victoria and studied a Bachelor of Commerce and Administration in Marketing and Management. And I also went back a little bit later on and did a little bit of a Master's as well. Just a little bit of a a Master's? A little bit. I haven't finished it yet. So I would like to go back and finish that. It wasn't quite the right time. I ended up doing a year and a bit and then had a ended up deciding I wanted to start a family. So... Yeah, but I'd like to a good go back. decision. So what made you go back to do postgrad? Yeah, postgrad was really interesting. I wanted to go back and do postgrad because at the time where I was working, so at the time I was working for my dad and we were working in the home improvement industry and doing the marketing and it was a franchise model and it was a lot of operations and all that kind of stuff. But 
really wanted to go back to postgrad to expand the mind a little bit and learn mm-hmm. from some other people. I wasn't working in a public sector. I wasn't, it was very much a private, small to medium business. So wanted to expand mm. and learn some more. Yeah. So the scope for kind of opportunity to have different ideas in that industry was... Yeah. Exactly. A little bit restrictive for what you wanted? Yeah, for what I yeah. wanted. Cool. It was good. Yeah. Excellent. And you mentioned, you said just before that you got into a little bit of business side of things around university. Yeah. Like what sort of stuff? So throughout my childhood, I was a Latin, a competitive Latin dancer and ballroom dancer. And then my dance partner and I, we went our separate ways and I decided I didn't want to give that up. So I thought, well, how can I monetize this? So I Mm. started, I started a Latin dance studio, I guess. And that involved in the startup period that involved me literally walking the streets, doing mailbox drops to promote the classes and and they ended up having a few other people help me with teaching the lessons in the end as well. I think we had about 150 students a week coming through the dance studio. And a lot of people don't know that I had a dance studio no. throughout university. So it was quite a cool way to implement the things that I was learning at university in terms of marketing and systems and operations and just have a bit of a play. And this was also before social media was really what mm. it is now. It was, yeah, yeah. What? 15 what, there was, years ago? There's Facebook in the very early stages. Yes, and we maybe had Twitter. a Facebook page, but yeah. I don't think we really did a lot with it. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. That's something that I didn't know before we before we started this. Like, what do you enjoy about Latin dancing? Oh, the competitive nature okay. of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the physicality of it. So it wasn't until probably five years after I'd finished dancing that I realized how much I love sport or mm. competitive or yeah, moving the body. And even to, like, to this day, my non-negotiable is to exercise. Yeah. What do you get out of exercise at the moment? Like what does it give to you that it's a non-negotiable? So it's changed a lot through the years. Now it's a non-negotiable because of, I would say, purely out of mental health. Mm. That moment, we haven't gone there yet, but, you know, I'm a mom of two kids and I've got a husband who I love dearly and a household and all that stuff. So going to the gym or getting out into nature and going for a bushwalk or a run or something like that is just 100% me time. And it's time away from anything else. There's no interruptions. There's no emails or phone calls. And uh, and also, I've got recently, more recently, got into like mindfulness and meditation, and that it all just fits in. It does and like kind of once you start going there, you and start being kind of aware of your reasons for doing that as well. And and, and I'm quite similar that I exercise now predominantly for the mental side of things that mm. actually it's that it, it's that breakaway it's that decompression time it's the change in state of your breathing mm. as well I think with it that if you're exercising hard and the way I define exercise is I need to be sweating a little bit mm-hmm. and I need to my breathing need to ch- needs to change so it's not going for a walk with the dog in the morning that's good 
that's decompression time, but it's for me it doesn't. I don't yeah, count right. it quite as exercise because I think that breath change mm. as well just slows things down for me mm. so much. And the physical benefits are good as well. It's like you feel fit, you feel strong, you feel like you have more energy. And take on the world. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the mental side of things is yeah. is so much, so much more. And also the other thing is, for example, today we were in my PT session. We were learning a new program. And with that, as you, I'm learning a completely new pattern of movement for my mm. body. So that's another mental challenge because I'm growing the brain around that. So not only am I moving my body for my mental state, but I'm in growing muscle or changing body composition or whatever and improving breath, as you say, but also growing the brain, yeah, which you, is something I've learned about recently. Yeah, yeah. You're creating those new neural connections with that and kind of the, the different sort of patterns and, and things that your body has to move through, which mm. is, is massively important mm. as well. But we don't want to just kind of keep doing the same same thing over and over from a physical perspective or a life perspective as well. So what are your other non-negotiables at the moment? Uh, so meditation is a non-negotiable good food I'm on a bit of a health journey at the moment where I've been having some like eczema and allergy liver stuff going on so good food is definitely a non-negotiable and I guess this is not a thing that I like a time allocation thing but purely just being present is a Mm non-negotiable and something that I'm really trying to work on because throughout my clean mixes journey over the last two and a half years or nearly three years there's definitely been moments where I haven't been present with my family or friends or yeah because your mind's been dragged in to the business side of things yeah yeah you don't want to have too many of them because otherwise you just overwhelm yourself with non-negotiables and then if you don't do them you like you start getting overwhelmed with that and your mental health suffers yeah it comes down to kind of just almost like pillars of pillars of health or well-being I guess Mm mindfulness movement really good food and relationships yeah so being present is relationships to me quality time definitely and probably the only other one that i would throw in there is sleep as well yes totally agree have been learning a lot more about sleep lately I know you recently spoke to Beatrice from Eve Health. Yes. I did an Eve yeah. Health test with her and they're like, yeah, need more sleep. PT's like, you need more sleep. <laughs> yeah, I know. And functional nutritionist yeah. is like, you need more sleep. Yeah. How much sleep do you get? More recently, I've been getting around seven to nine, so I think. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, it's right? pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I think it's around the, that eight would be. It's on the way there. Yes. Yeah. How about you? Sleep is terrible. Mm. Sleep is terrible. I've got a 15-month-old who's teething at the moment, though, so (laughs) I don't... I can empathize with that. I think sleep for me is, like, I need to just grab some when I can at the moment and Mm -hmm. need to kind of set up the situation to optimize sort of what what I do get, Mm -hmm. that some nights I go to bed at half past seven because I'm just wrecked, and if Connor wakes up at nine, then... It's a bit horrible. Yes. But if he wakes up at one, then I've had a block of Good. five hours there that is reasonable and we'll probably and we'll get some more later. I definitely feel better on those days. Mm. So it's kind of setting up the situation for me to optimize it rather than 
And sometimes it's not going to work because it's a baby who's growing new teeth. You can't really control for that. But yeah, giving myself the best shot at having a good sleep. That's but, yeah. really important. I used to be burning the candle quite a lot, definitely mm. through the infant stage. When I had my infant, my third baby, I should say, because I've got two real babies, and then mm-hmm. my third baby was clean mixes. So I've obviously gone through the sleep deprivation of the two young kids yeah, already. Yeah. And But my third baby was... I just thought that that was what I had to do was work until 10 or 11 o'clock at night and then start the day at 5 or 4.30 mm. to go to the gym and then come back, do some work, go back to the gym because it's meant to be this like pillar of this example of health because Clean Mixes is a health food company and now that Clean Mixes is set up the way it is in terms of its systems and everything, I've realised the importance of sleep. And so now mm. I'm like, actually, it's not cool to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it's... If, you know, if I'm not getting mm. enough sleep, if I'm going to sleep at 11 and wake up at 5, then that's, yeah. I'm not going to be able to function. I'm going to put pause on that a mm. little bit, and I want to come back to that. And if I forget about it because I'm sleep-deprived, remind me. <laughs> but tell us about Clean Mixes. Like, how did that come about? How did that start? Yes, that started because I have an absolute wicked sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to eat you know, a block of chocolate, quite easily and probably go back for more so that's not overly we're talking like king size block here (laughs) maybe not that big but you know pretty good and i guess the thing is is that i wanted to find a way to fix that problem Mm -hmm. and at the time i kind of got into raw treats and no refined sugar Mm -hmm. and then did also my son was nine months old when I started clean mixes so it did start my second son sorry second child was nine months old when I started clean mixes so I was trying to think of really quick and easy ways to be able to nourish my body without all the other rubbish in it as well and that's where the idea of the mixes came about because I was using baking mixes when you know the play group would come over Mm -hmm. and you had to provide morning tea or whatever but also to satisfy that sweet too so I started kind of playing around with those mixes and chucking ingredients in the blender and having some fun and it took about six months to kind of perfect the recipes and then ended up deciding that I think there's something in this and that's when I decided to look into how I could go about making clean mixes actually happen because I wasn't from the food industry or anything like that so I had no idea Mm, yeah I imagine that there's a fair few regulations that sit around creating any type of food product. Yes, absolutely. And it needs to be either in a commercial kitchen or a registered home kitchen. Mm. So I had to go about trying to find, I decided I was going to go down the commercial kitchen route. So I had to find a commercial kitchen to hire. And then a bit of a funny story was that we decided that we would launch and we would launch with four flavors and do a hundred of each flavor. And I took along my mum's 25-year-old food processor and there was a food processor at the kitchen and I said, all right, I'm going into the kitchen. I'll, I'll see you in a little bit thinking, oh, it'll take like a couple of hours to make 400 units. It ended up taking nine hours to make <laughs> 400 units. Oh. And I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? Is this really a good idea? Do I do this? Do I even bother because it's just taking too long? And anyway, we launched on in February 2017 and sold product on, online to people that weren't family and friends. That's <laughs> always exciting when that happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I don't know that person. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, oh, hey, maybe we are actually on something. So that's when we kicked it off from there. Kind of how much trepidation did you have coming up to the launch? We'd said 
that my husband and I had said, oh, well, we'll just give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, then it's no problem. And I feel like there's been a lot more uncomfortable moments since then than mm. the launch. Yeah. Launch was just no risk, really. Yeah. Just a bit of fun. You know, a bit of a project. I'm a project girl, so. Yeah. And you're competitive as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there probably was no option other than for it to succeed because I am competitive. Yeah. You sold the 400 units. Yes. And then what did you decide from there? So then it was like May that year. So we launched in February. And then in May I thought, oh, we should probably get into supermarkets because that's what everyone does. And so I got on the phone and I rang New World Thorndon and on the phone the grocery buyer said, yeah, we'll, we'll stock your products. I was like, uh-oh, what have I just done? <laughs> what do I do now? Because... Uh oh, I've got to scale up. You know, we're talking mm. foodstuffs now, supermarkets. What does that mean? How much more compliance? And yeah, that was the next step in the journey. And then going ahead with that, the scaling up, we decided to start outsourcing everything. So I was no longer making the product in the kitchen. It was made by a third party manufacturer, and the same with logistics. And yeah. How easy was it to let go of? Yeah, a lot of people have asked me that. Was I worried about the quality or control? It took me a really long time to find the right partner for mm. those. In fact, we didn't get it right the first time with our logistics partner. That wasn't the right option for us the first time. We've had to change it since then. But in terms of manufacturing from that day, so seven months in, in October, we started third-party manufacturing. And it took me about 20 to 30 connections with people to find that manufacturer. And they've been fantastic since then, never had a problem. So. Awesome. And over what sort of time period was that 20 or 30 connections? Uh, in true Christine Westbury fashion, it was pretty quick. It was like me on the phone for days just okay. being like, hey, if you can't help me, do you know of somebody else who yeah. might be able to help me? And then I'd ring that person. And Okay. So you never, you didn't get to the point where you were just like, man, I'm not going to find someone here? No. No? It wasn't an option. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I did not want to make the product anymore after, you know, mm. it would be off. We got to the point where we were moving half a ton of product in my husband's ute at eight o'clock at night into the city yeah just with like shovels well, yeah poor base, pretty much yeah i had to get some four I had to get four students to kind of help me we'd make the product till about some some nights it wasn't as bad but till about midnight then i'd come back and pack the orders so mm -hmm. it wasn't sustainable no yeah but it was cool it was a cool time yeah of growth yeah. what do you kind of remember like the most fondly about that time we had quite a lot of fun in the kitchen and it was just this big journey, I guess, of some days I'd be going down to ingredient manufacturer at like six o'clock in the morning before the kids had woken up and collecting the ingredients and piling that up and then coming home and sorting out the kids, getting them off to school or daycare or whatever. And it was all just really fun. It was mm. unknown. Yeah. And I also loved that feeling of every time we got a new supermarket, time we, the sale would happen on the phone or online you know it's yeah just, this is almost kind of like a game yeah for you with it <laughs> yeah a little bit. yeah 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 and I'm really driven by improving things so it was like how can we make this more efficient or how can we do it better or and yeah. so was Thornton New World your first yes first supermarket was that when you kind of thought that hey this is actually this could get big that was definitely validation mm. and I felt like a lot of 
people saw that as validation as well. It gave the brand a lot more credibility mm. by having, now that we're in supermarkets, we must have made it. Yeah, yeah. And Thornton knew it. It's a, it's a good one. It's too. a fantastic store. Yeah. Yeah, very lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where did it go from there? Supermarkets. And then, yeah, now we're in around nearly 100 stores across New Zealand and in online, obviously. It's growing. The growth has been crazy and amazing and that you know we're obviously selling a lot more products we've also been able to bring on more because because we run an outsource model we've been able to bring on more uh, suppliers who are what, what i like to say is that they're experts in their field so, you know mm. so like pr and we've got a team of demonstrators around new zealand who do in-store tastings and they are experts in their field like that's exactly what they do and it also freed up time for you know me to be the founder and do the marketing and that kind of stuff, grow on our Facebook page, our Instagram, and created some really cool relationships. Yeah. Awesome. What's been like the hardest part for you about the process or about the journey? There's definitely been times where I have been lying on the floor crying. <laughs> that has been some of the hardest moments and those moments have been in moments of real growth where all of a sudden we've run out of product because we've sold it all manufacturing can't be done for a certain amount of time and then it's like how are we going to pay for that manufacturing run and just kind of a lot of because everything is outsourced and I didn't have a team it was just it all was answerable to me Mm. and so that's probably been the hardest Thing. yeah and when you have been in those situations how have you dealt with them or how have you kind of learned to deal with them over time how have i learned to deal with them i'm definitely not <laughs> i'm not an expert at this yeah. yet are you better than you were though i am definitely yeah. better than what i what i was and i almost feel like clean mixes has been the master's degree without the degree without yeah. the paperwork it's the practical components of yeah. it yeah yeah because yeah. i have learned so much and for example i mean we haven't talked about where clean mixes is now no no we will in a minute though okay we will so i won't go there but yeah but particularly over the last wee while it's there's been some really uncomfortable phone calls or decisions that have had to be made mm. i'm gonna go back to sleep now mm-hmm. as well like you know that sleep is important but you weren't sleeping particularly well probably at the start. I'm just going to throw this to you though, but (laughs) if you had been sleeping seven to nine hours, do you think clean mixes would be where it is at the moment? No. No. And that's really interesting. So it's it's fascinating to kind of talk about all of these health, important health things, um, and they are very, very important. But also sometimes something has to give a little bit I think to to get you where you want to go and as long as it's just for a period of time then sometimes you need to do what you need to do to get it done I call it a pendulum Mm. yeah that pendulum is swinging and ideally we want it to be right back at you know that perfect balance but yeah that pendulum swings sometimes really far out Mm. Yeah. And at times it swung quite far out. Yeah. Did you notice it swinging out? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then also um, friends or family or health would suffer 
and sometimes I think like when you when it does swing that far out, it's you do need to keep an eye on what's going on and how you're how you're going with things and spend some time like if you are in that real push you're like okay cool I can't do all of the stuff that I want to do to look after myself but what can I do in these moments Mm. to take care of myself and make sure that I'm I'm doing okay with this as well as well as as well as getting it done (laughs) um because like I listen to some podcasts and people People talk about uh, the importance of sleep and, and things and, and doing all of this self-care, which is really important. But these are all ridiculously successful people that have pushed quite hard to get where they've gone, who, if they hadn't pushed hard, might not have this platform to talk about all this all this stuff. So it's it's interesting kind of the different perspectives that you can look at it from. Yes, and then some would say, oh, you're so lucky to have seven to nine hours of sleep now. Mm. and but then I think it's important to look back and go yeah but we put all those systems in place so that we created this outsource model with the theory that there could be this lifestyle yeah yeah I've worked hard to get to this point in time yeah am I am I there yet no No. you know there's still a lot more work to do around everything else but I don't think you ever want to get there because if you get there then you're probably just going to be bored. You're just going to be going to the gym for two hours a day yeah. in a sauna for half an Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine for some, but it, the, then the pendulum's just swung too far back the other mm. way, I think. And Kristen, you've had a fair bit of uncomfortable stuff going on recently yes. as well with clean mixes. Like, do you want to tell us what's been happening there? Yes. So clean mixes has recently been sold to a new owner and that takes effect on the 8th of November. And the, that has probably been one of the most confronting things I have done in that Climaxes is obviously my third baby. And when we went through the sale process where we had you know quite a few interested parties and everyone was asking very in-depth questions and almost, you know, it's like me opening up the books to my soul and saying, mm. yeah, just you can look at this pretty hard and you can ask me some pretty hard questions yeah that was pretty it's been pretty uncomfortable but it's also a really exciting time Mm. so why did you decide to sell I'd always known that it was going that this would be an opportunity to fulfill that dream I guess that I had as Mm. a young person Um, because I left school early and went to university early and they were kind of like oh yeah you're not gonna do it. I was like, no, I'll show you. I want to do want to start a business and mm. grow it and then sell it. So it was never going to be a long-term thing for me. And I know that with Clean Mixes that I've taken it to a point and I just know that the new owners are going to take it to a whole nother level. So I'm excited to see them. Okay. So it's kind of, you were, you were ready to let go. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thought process at the time? Like, how did you know that you were ready? I think I have been ready for a while. It's Mm -hmm. just been a matter of working through to get the business to the point where it was almost more ready to be sold Mm -hmm. as well. So there was a matter of going through that process. And then, uh, Probably recently also other factors like health factors, uh, lack of sleep, no, <laughs> go back to the sleep <laughs> thing, but um, where I was I was going to skin specialists and, 
and doctors and they were all saying to me there's nothing wrong with you and then they were saying take these immunosuppressant drugs you'll be fine just stop searching there's nothing wrong with you and I'm like but my whole body is absolutely covered in crazy eczema and I'm putting on weight and you know there is something wrong with me Mm. and so that was also a pretty big factor as well I decided that health is quite important Mm. and that you've only got one body to look after and thankfully I didn't stop searching around I didn't just take the immunosuppressant drugs and um, now with the new practitioner I'm finding some new you know some great results and stuff and I am definitely getting healthy gosh I'm still pretty healthy to be honest there's nothing Mm. really wrong with me but yes that was a big factor as well being completely honest yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no and thank you thank you for that as well and yeah I mean we uh, like the stuff that we've been talking about is obviously you you have to push but you also have to look after your health so there's there's kind of a and I think for people it's about finding the right balance for them mm. at the point in time as well as that and that's only a decision that they can make for themselves um how have you noticed your health improve recently to be honest, because I'm right in the middle of this due diligence slash final stages of doing the business sale, I'm still a little bit edgy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think once uh, everything is signed, sealed, delivered, I will be a lot more calm. And in fact, I plan on taking some time off, mm-hmm. which will be amazing. And But yeah, no, honestly, everything is improving so, so much. Yeah. As soon as stress can do a quite an interesting thing to your body, can't it? It can. Yeah, it can. And I mean, one of the one of the things about the uncomfortable is okay podcast is that I definitely advocate for people to place themselves under stress at times, but ideally, it's a a short term burst of stress mm. that you adapt to rather than kind of a long term mm. sort of burn of stress. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to interesting to see yeah. how you go when you when you get a chance to take some time off and have some recovery time and i don't want this to sound like clean mixes has been an absolute stress because it really hasn't been a stress mm. it's been an incredible journey it's um just time for yeah. me to do something else yeah and i mean because I, 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 I still love clean mixes i would actually love to carry on with clean mixes and continue to do it but i just know that for clean mixes it's better for it to be done by somebody else now mm, yeah yeah that makes sense and like i think when you whenever you're kind of putting yourself in a, a challenging situation maybe rather than a stressful situation there's a there's a certain amount of load that goes on you from a like a mental and emotional and physical perspective sometimes as well is that it is and load is great because your body adapts and you adapt as a person and Mm. learn and grow and and change as well but knowing when to take some load off is is vitally important as well um especially with something that's kind of so close to you too yes and it's interesting when you talk about growth and load or um, being uncomfortable. Uh, there's been so many moments where 
I've literally had to kind of roll up my socks and take a deep breath and do something which makes me feel really uncomfortable. Like I had to make a phone call recently, which was one that would make me nervous because of the context of what we had to talk about. Mm. It was something that was confrontational to um, both parties. We were a little bit unsure about things. And once that was done, once I'd rolled up the socks, made the phone call and put down that phone because we both agreed this wonderful agreement at the end Mm. of this. It's just that feeling is so amazing when you've gone through that uncomfortable Mm. and then you come out the other side. And then I got on the phone and spoke to my husband and I said, wow, I just totally just grew just then. I learned something new and yeah, I can tick that one off my list. Awesome. (laughs) It's uncomfortable. And I think a lot of that is around the expectation that we place on things and the whole sort of what if scenarios that we, we end up playing out in our head that what if this goes badly, what if this goes wrong, um, and that creates so much discomfort that actually when we when we do this thing, mm. it's almost a relief that that weight of expectation is, is lifted off us too. Um, so when you said you roll your socks up and do it, like how did you, did you physically roll your socks <laughs> up or like how did you prep yourself for that phone call? Yeah, um, got all the information that I needed to get, but, and then just made the phone call but I think what was the the prep really was just in like don't think just do yeah because I knew that the longer I let it go on for if I left it for a longer period of time or just ignored it it would be (laughs) very Mm. uncomfortable yeah it's like the standing on top of the high diving board that you are up there and the longer you stand there the worse it gets and the less likely you are to jump. Yeah. And in some ways, um, business is a bit like that, right? Where mm. um, there's some so many moments where I've thought, well, actually, if I'd really known the real deal of what I was getting into or if I really knew this, would I have jumped off that diving board or would I have done that? in the business or not but sometimes if you just don't think and you just do naivety is a beautiful thing it is it is and I think that's where there's often the most opportunity for growth is that if you put those yourself in those in those situations where you don't know everything and that you have to learn and you have to adapt at the time and I think part of it is kind of having the courage Mm. to almost go before you feel fully ready and is that which then helps develop confidence to keep on going and keep doing it Mm. again have you always been a reasonably courageous person do you think um i like to think that i do it with a little bit of humility Mm -hmm. so if it's something that i'm uncomfortable with for example um the first time i rung up a supermarket asking to try and get the product ranged. I rung up and I said, oh, hi, it's Christine calling from Clean Mixes. Look, this is actually the first time I've done this. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind me asking, could you please give me a little bit of help? I'd like to have talk to talk to the person who makes the buying decisions about ranging products. And they were like, amazing. You know, they were able Mm. to help me. And, in the same way, when uh, I was ringing around 
people trying to find a manufacturer. Uh, it's Christine from Clean Mixes. Look, I don't know if you can help me and I don't, you know, so there's like mm. that humility and I think sometimes being humble in the approach and saying, putting my hand up and saying, actually, I don't know, but maybe you can help me is so powerful because there have been so many people that have helped me mm. in the right direction. So yeah. courageous, not so sure, but willing to give it a shot and ask yeah. the question. Mm. I, which I think takes a certain amount of courage as well. And I think um, kind of having that humility and, and being a little bit vulnerable in those situations as well is mm. that hey, I'm, I'm not sure here that actually Kiwis definitely respond quite well to that. Um, but it's also fascinating in terms of kind of what it'd be interesting to to think about what that might have done for the people that you were talking to as well. Is it like this person was, was open and honest and a bit vulnerable when they were on the phone to me? Maybe it's okay for me to do that as well because mm. we're reasonably kind of staunch, let's not share our emotions type of society that sometimes that stuff has kind of a ripple on effect True. further down the line. Or even empowering that person as well mm. like hey i know this i can help you with that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely because people love to help <laughs> yeah as well yeah and do. yeah if you get asked for help you're like oh yeah sure i can do that yeah yeah but sometimes we're really afraid to ask yeah, yeah. do you have any other stuff that we you want to touch on because i'm just mindful of the time before we Wrap I think up. I've almost I've almost answered your questions. Cool, that's that right. You had the about the next uncomfortable. Oh no, there was the next uncomfortable thing. That's okay. Should we roll into roll into those and see what comes out of them? Christine, I got some questions that I like to ask everyone towards the end of the conversation. The first one is, what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did, and why was that uncomfortable for you? And I might be able to pick this one. Really? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it was definitely selling the business. Um, It was, as I already said, it was like very revealing and I can laugh about it now, but wow, at the moment, at the time, when I was going through the process of, we had a a deadline sale. um, So is anyone going to place an offer or, Mm. um, yeah, am I doing the right thing? Is this something that I should actually be doing or not? Do is it too hard or too you know, it's just all these uncomfortable questions and yeah, a lot of moments of racing heart and anxious feelings and definitely needed to use my tool belt of uh things that I've got to help me through those situations. So very cool. Um, what's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do and why is that uncomfortable for you? Uh, so the next uncomfortable thing is really hard to say because in some ways I'm not 100% sure on that. So that is the uncomfortable for me is not having a plan and mm. not really having a vision because I'm very much a visions visions goals go out and make it happen type person so that's um the most uncomfortable things for me now but then also uh letting down the walls and kind of sharing the story and the journey even more Mm. and 
tying that back to what the next step or the next journey is. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that can be quite uncomfortable. And I've had a few conversations with people recently about that is that you've just done this big thing and actually the uncomfortable thing is creating some space for myself mm. just so I can sit and be Christine or mm. be whoever mm. um, and not needing to have something that I go and pursue just right at the moment because there will be something out there in the future but yeah <laughs> who knows what that is yeah and um, I guess everything is always for me it's always been so there's always been something happening and I feel like I've always done things early-ish or young-ish mm. yeah so yeah yeah take the take the space mm. um what is the what other strategies do you use to approach uncomfortable situations we've talked about a few of them already yeah was that just think don't think just do kind of strategy and the other strategies which we have kind of touched on already which um is meditation um i like to practice meditation purely for the clarity and the um, mind space that it creates mm. and also growing the brain um then advisors as well and those advisors for me are anyone from my parents or my in-laws or my husband or my friends um so or it could be a business mentor as well but yeah strategies thankfully i've got some really good listeners in my family then <laughs> 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 my husband's a very good listener so um strategy yeah and then the other thing would be just that gym stuff yeah because gym builds resilience mm -hmm. it's knowing that there's a two minute set of something which is going to absolutely burn and it's just i'll quite often say to my pt oh, i'll see you on the other side like mm -hmm. how many minutes is this these reps going to take how many minutes are these reps going to take and i'll Say, okay, he'll say two minutes. Okay, yeah. okay I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's a saying, uh, what is it? I'm, I'm on the wrong side of a whole lot of hard work. Which, and but you know that you're going to come out the other side of it as well. So yeah, that's, that's really valuable. A couple of other quick questions for you, but I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation with me today. It's been, it's been awesome to chat around a lot of things and go down a few rabbit holes mm. um it's been different for me definitely good yeah, talking good. about some different things yeah thank you and i mean thank you for being so honest in terms of sharing your story as well uh and allowing the opportunity to kind of for people to sort of see a little bit behind the scenes mm. of what something creating something like this takes and and how you go about it and it's not all sunshine and unicorns that there is is the hard stuff too um i, I really appreciate that uh i hope it because i'm a very positive person so i hope it hasn't come across negative oh no no, no no i think there's a, there's, there's a lot of uh, yeah uh what are they again get, going back to gary v practical optimism mm -hmm. practical positivity yeah mm -hmm. yeah that there's realism but positive realism yeah sure. um if people want to follow along 
with you or clean mixes mm -hmm. as well okay. um less vested interest in that now at the moment i would assume uh where's the best place for people to to do that like yes. where do you hang out so go and check out clean mixes on instagram or facebook mm -hmm. or so it's just cleanmixes.co for the website and obviously uh, new worlds of hack and saves and other stores across new zealand and then for me you can find me on christine underscore westbury on instagram or yeah, I'd just love to hear from anyone who wants to connect about anything, really. Cool. Yeah. Final question. Do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week? I'm trying to think. Yes, I do. And it is around something that has really changed my life oh I'm getting emotional in the last year and a half and that is around being more present so just trying to take notice of the things that are happening around you whether that's sitting at the dinner table and spending time with your kids and your husband or your partner and actually just sitting there for a minute and just saying hey wow like look at how grateful I am hmm. or just walking out the door and looking up at the sky and just thinking oh wow it's a beautiful day today so just gratitude and mindfulness and so that would be my challenge is just try and take those moments yeah and i'm getting emotional <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. I, I feel the same way and that's an awesome challenge because life goes by so fast mm -hmm. yeah yeah thank you so much for getting thank uncomfortable <laughs> with me today <laughs> thank you oh sorry there you have it team, I hope you enjoyed that one. If you're in New Zealand, make sure to get your hands on some clean mixes. They are delicious. This isn't sponsored, this isn't a sponsored podcast, it's not a sponsored post. They are just tasty and I think you would enjoy them. Thank you Jailan for your awesome editing skills. Thank you to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the amazing theme music. And thank you as always to you guys for listening in taking the time to get uncomfortable with Christine and I today. If you're liking what you're hearing, I'd love it if you shared the podcast with one of your friends. I'd love it as well as if you took a minute just to leave a rating and a review on your on your favorite podcast app. Just really helps stories like these and concepts like this get in front of people who need it. So cheers guys and I will talk to you again soon.